The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, America. How are you? Welcome to the financial physician, where we get together each and every Wednesday to talk about money, markets, and politics. And if you want to be part of the program... Have any question? Any money matter? Eight six six four seven two fifty seven ninety is the call number. So yeah, we talk money, we talk markets, and we talk politics. And as we come to air today at four o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday, uh, it looks like there may be a deal in Washington uh, to end, end this madness. Um, the government shutdown, the debt ceiling. It looks like there's a deal, and it looks like the Republicans have caved. And I think the political pressure just got to be uh, too great uh, on the Republicans, especially the Tea Party Republicans, from their own party mainly, uh, that it looks like the House um, may pass, uh, pass it tonight and the government may reopen tomorrow. Now, what is the deal? Well, the deal is that um, the government's going to be kept open until January 15th and the debt ceiling will be increased to February 7th. So we're just kicking the can down the road, and we're going to go through this whole same thing again. That's what it's all about. We're going to see this play over and over again. And it's going to go on, in my estimation, forever, or until we are no more a country as we know it. And I've never seen, I've never seen, I've, I've said this actually progressively over, over the last 10 years, uh, Washington so divided, so partisan, so far away from thinking about what's right for the country, where politicians are just elitists, and it doesn't matter if they're Republicans or Democrats, especially in the Senate, where it's a good old boys club, and we have a dysfunctional government. Now, granted, it looks like there's going to be some kind of a deal tonight, and we won't go past the debt ceiling tomorrow, which was just... A bunch of junk. I mean, it, what would happen? What would happen if we, uh, the House votes against it, and tomorrow morning we wake up and we breach the debt ceiling? What would happen? Well, nothing immediately. Some would come up. Would there be some volatility in the stock market? Yeah. 
Does the government have the money to pay its interest on its debt? Yes. We went over this last week. The government has about $200 billion a month in revenue coming in, roughly 10 times what it needs to pay the interest on the debt. So this whole thing about a default was a big lie perpetrated by the president, who used the word default many times, perpetrated by the mainstream media all the time, and perpetrated by members in Congress. Well, what is a default? Default is failure to pay your debt. Just as if you didn't pay your mortgage, you're in default of your mortgage. And we have the money to pay the interest on a debt. Now, Jack Lou, the um, Treasury Secretary, he was on one of the Sunday shows a couple of weeks ago. He, he went out of his way to say, well, we're not going to pay the interest on the debt because we don't want to prioritize spending. In other words, he was saying that, oh, we will default. Yeah, we'll default. We won't pay anything even though we have the money coming in to do so, which was totally irresponsible. And it was designed to frighten the markets and to put leverage uh, on the Republicans to cave, which they did. Because what do Republicans get out of this? Nothing. Oh, yeah, they're going to verify income for subsidies for Obamacare, which we'll talk about later on, which is really the main subject that should be talked about right now. That's all they got. A little face-saving little thing there. They didn't even get elimination of the, 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 the medical device tax, which is ridiculous. So the Republicans put us through this uh, and at the last minute cave. Now, should they have put us into uh, uh, breaching the debt ceiling? I don't know. My business partner and I differ greatly on that. And we're both Republicans. I consider myself more closely aligned with the Tea Party Republicans. Because this is madness what's going on in this country right now. And, and the very people who dare to admit uh, to having any connection with real reality, people like Rand Paul, uh, people like Ted Cruz, these people are trying to save the country. They are viciously attacked by everyone, the president, the media, the Democrats, and even members of their own party. What I'm reading about, what, what Ted Cruz has gone through the last couple of weeks is unbelievable. From his own party, because they want the status quo in Washington. God forbid you go to Washington and you run and you win an election. And you try to legislate your convictions, the reasons why you were elected in the first place, then you're considered uh, 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 an arsonist. The words, I've never heard words used like this, especially from the President of the United States. They want to ransom, arsonist, terrorist. I mean, the things that they were calling these people. These are people who just want to stop unlimited debt spending now and save the country from fiscal disaster. And, and they are labeled all kinds of names and attacked viciously. That's why there's really no hope for us, folks. There's no hope for us. Whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, a conservative, a liberal, a middle-of-the-road guy, there's no hope. Because this is what's going to be politics in the United States going forward while it's still a democracy. A total impasse. 
and it doesn't matter what this what the what the the position is. The Democrats go on one side, the Republicans go on the other, and who's going to win the battle, regardless of the merits of whatever they're, they're debating? And they stand, stay, tend to stay in a block, all of them. Take the Affordable Health Care Act, Obamacare. Not one Republican voted for it in the House or the Senate, but it's the law of the land. And that's where we are now, partisanship at its highest level. Obama has doubled the nation's debt in just five years. Double it. The entire amount of debt amassed by the country in 240 years, whatever it is, has been doubled in five with no end in sight. Now, we're just under $17 trillion in debt. Uh, it's been stuck there, $25 million below the debt ceiling uh, since May. So what the government's been doing is accounting tricks, borrowing from uh, pension plans and things like that, which tell me if you borrow money from a pension plan that you have to pay back, how does that not increase your debt? Again, this is all semantics. It's all Washington stuff. And how much is that debt going to go up immediately tomorrow if it's passed when the Treasury pays back all the other entities that they borrowed money from? $300 billion? Half a trillion? I don't know. And then we're going to be there February 7th, and we're going to have the same exact argument. And the country will be put through this again. There is also a part of this agreement is uh, to form a budget committee, bipartisan budget committee, uh, to look into some grand scheme of, uh, uh, of changing the nation's finances, tax reform, spending. But you know what it's going to be? It's going to be Obama and the Democrats wanting to raise taxes on the rich, or who they consider to be rich. And the Republicans, especially the Tea Party Republicans and the conservatives, wanting to cut spending. We're going to be right where we are. The same place we've been every time we've done we've gone this route. And what's going to happen is that conference most likely is going to break up without an agreement. And then uh, on January 15th, the, the government's going to close down again. Then a couple of weeks later, just like this whole played out this time in October, uh, then the debt ceiling issue. And then you know what they're going to do at the last minute? They're going to kick it to June. And they're going to do it all over again. Instead of dealing with the important issues that the country is facing. Because there's no political will to do what's necessary to save us. The country is going bankrupt. May not be tomorrow. May not be next year. But at the pace that we're going, we are going bankrupt. We are piling up debt upon debt upon debt. The word debt ceiling, they should just get rid of it. It means nothing. This would be the 73rd time the debt ceiling was raised. So all the debt ceiling does is bring us to uh, the brink of political drama and collapse. Get rid of it. Well, the, uh, the, the, um, the minority will say, no, we don't want to get rid of it. Because that's our leverage to negotiate with you. But in this case, it was no leverage. Because the Republicans had no, no chance here politically. They were being blamed by everybody, especially the mainstream media, that it was their fault. Then the president put salt in the wounds and made it as painful for everybody in the country as possible. 
disgraceful what they did to veterans around this country, not allowing them to go to see their monuments. What an uplifting thing it was to see this weekend, to see veterans take those barricades away and go see their memorial and then carry those barricades to the White House and drop them back where they came from. These are people who fought for our freedom and democracy. 80-something, 90-year-old men, maybe the one and only time they'll get to see the memorial that they worked so hard to, uh, to, uh, to earn, and they're turned away. And this is an open-air memorial. I've been there. You walk right through it. It's like just walking down a street. It's on both sides, and you just walk. To barricade it costs money. To police it costs money. To leave it open costs nothing. But that's how spiteful this White House was, uh, trying to make it as painful to as many people as possible, and then have the media go out there and blame it on the Republicans. And you know what? It worked. I, I think it backfired, actually, the whole uh, veterans thing and the, and the war memorials and stuff. I think that did backfire. But as far as it is now, at the end of the day, it looks like there's a deal. A lot of people are going to be celebrating it. The stock market's up 200 points, sitting right next to a record high, and everybody's happy going forward. And then we'll play this all out again just in a couple months from now. And the biggest problem is the big story the last couple of weeks, which is Obamacare and, and, and what a train wreck it is, uh, is not what people are concentrating on. They were concentrating on the Republicans. All right, time for our first break, 866-472-5790. The call number, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com is the email. We're going to take a short break. My name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Did you know that at the root of every business problem lies a communication issue? Communication Nation, a show that brings effective business communication practices to the masses, addresses a number of topics and talking points that impact your professional development, as well as business productivity and profitability. Host Jill Schiffelbein makes the theoretical tangible. Tune in each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be ready to become a better communicator with Communication Nation. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5790. That's toll free. 1-866-472-5790. Once again, here's Lou. Okay, welcome back. We're talking about money, politics, and markets, and mainly politics. Today we're talking about what looks like a deal in Congress as we speak. It looks like... Uh, John Boehner uh, has caved, and he's gotten his uh, his House of Representatives to back the Senate plan, reopen the government tomorrow, and uh, raise the debt ceiling uh, until February 7th. Now, they don't, I don't think they mentioned how much they're going to raise the debt ceiling. I mean, raising it to what? Unlimited? Does that mean the government could just pile on all the expenses of most of next year into the first couple of uh, – between now and February 7th? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to look in that to find out what it is. Usually there's a number attached to that, not a time frame. Uh, so we'll have to look into that. And as I said earlier, the big problem with over the last couple of weeks, all this nonsense about closing the government and the debt ceiling, is that uh, all anybody really talked about in this country was how bad the Republicans are. And uh, that took the whole Obamacare thing off the radar. And this thing, I mean, if you're following it, is it's a total disaster. And they knew this was going to happen. That's the weird part about it. They they knew that this this uh, computer system that they had wasn't going to work. And uh, this would have been anything. The only thing anybody talked about would be the focus on this. And unfortunately, uh, I guess as a uh, tactically, it was a mistake for the Republicans to drag this on and everybody talk about how bad Ted Cruz is. Uh, and the Tea Party. Well, this was, should have been the number one story. This is the, uh, the 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 big achievement of President Obama. His big achievement legislation, and it's a disaster. And you know the mainstream media loves Obamacare, uh, and and they love it so much. You know when all the headlines started coming out about you know all these computer systems crashing. Uh, uh, they tried to cover it up for for uh, over a week by saying they they were buying what the president was saying that um, uh, there's so much demand it's so popular uh, that it crashed. And I can't believe anybody really believed that, but you know they did. And, and this thing is is an IT disaster. And, and the consensus amongst programmers, people in the business that deal with computers, uh, is now getting pretty clear. Uh, healthcare.gov, which is the, the, the federal insurance exchange, isn't going to work in a week, ain't going to work in a month, and it ain't going to work in three months. And who knows if it'll ever work. It may take years to get the system working. And now, uh, all of a sudden, we see the mainstream media start to turn it a little bit on this. Why? Because it makes liberals look stupid and incompetent. It makes the current administration look that way. It makes Democrats look that way. So that's why they hate it, uh, uh, what's going on now. They wanted a smooth rollout, obviously. Here's a few examples of, uh, of the mainstream media uh, getting negative. CNN. After two weeks, CNN reporters still hasn't been able to sign up for Obamacare. That's the headline. Anderson Cooper, White House is lying about enrollment numbers. The Daily Cost. Now, the Daily Cost is a, is a really far-left uh, liberal website. 
Uh, and here's a quote that somebody put in there. Now, because of Obamacare, my wife's rate is going to $302 per month. Mine is jumping to 284 a month. I'm canceling insurance for us, and I'm not paying any effing penalty. What the hell kind of reform is this? And uh, these are liberals putting this up on the liberal website. But the Washington Post, pretty liberal uh, paper, I would say. The Affordable Care Act's launch has been a failure, disaster. Is anybody going to get fired? And my guess, you know what I think is going to happen here? Got to give the president credit if he does this. And I Mark my words, I bet he does. He didn't want to negotiate the individual mandate being delayed a year like he did uh, with businesses during this budget crisis, this uh, debt crisis, debt ceiling thing, the whole thing. Because he didn't want to give a victory to the Republicans. But my guess is the PR for this now, this is all anybody's going to talk about going forward now. We're done with this for at least for a few months. We're going to talk about Obamacare. Unless some other scandal or geopolitical issue comes up. But we're going to be talking about it. He's going to see what a disaster it is. He's going to unilaterally come out and say, you know what, for the benefit of everybody, we are going to delay the individual mandate one year. And make sure the system is running perfect because we don't want to have anybody have any problems. And we think that businesses and individuals should be treated the same. The same exact argument uh, that the Republicans made in Congress. And he'll take all the credit as the hero for saving it. Also, the reason not to do it and implement it is because it will be a disaster next year and there's a midterm election come next November. And you what you think uh, 2010, the Republicans steamrolled? If we have the healthcare system in the United States collapsing and people seeing how much it costs for insurance and people are getting sticker shock now in the, in the system, those who can get through to it, it would be a political disaster for the party. Not Republican. One, one Republican voted for it, so they're going to run against it. And you could have a, a, a changeover in the Senate and, and a stronger Republican House. So politically, I think he's got a 86, this individual mandate, at least for now. And, um, and then see what goes from there. Because what happens January 1st, when this system isn't working, how, how will doctors and hospitals and clinics function when, when, when thousands and thousands of people start showing up uh, for healthcare services and it turns out they're not actually enrolled in the system? What's going to happen then? People who thought they signed up and they're showing up uh, at the hospitals and, and they can't be brought up in the system. What's going to happen then? It is going to be a disaster. So, I mean, is that what this party in office wants to, wants to be involved with in an election year? Now, here is the best uh, article from the press uh, that I think says a lot. Obamacare's website, this is from Forbes. Obamacare's website is crashing because it doesn't want you to know how costly its plans are. A growing consensus of IT experts outside and inside the government have figured out a principal reason why the website for Obamacare's generally sponsored insurance exchange is crashing. Healthcare.gov forces you to create an account 
and enter detailed personal information before you can start shopping. This, in turn, creates a massive traffic bottleneck as the government verifies your information and decides whether or not you're eligible for subsidies. Health and Human Services bureaucrats knew this would make the website run more slowly, but they were more afraid that letting people see the underlying cost of Obamacare's insurance plans would scare people away. Healthcare.gov was initially going to include an option to browse before registering. Reporter Christopher Weaver and Louise Randofsky said in the Wall Street Journal, but that tool was delayed. People familiar with the situation said, why was it delayed? An HHS spokeswoman said the agency wanted to ensure that users were aware of their eligibility for subsidies that could help pay for coverage before they started seeing the prices of the policies. Okay, that's it. They wanted you to go through this whole registration process, put in your income, everything else, tell you what kind of subsidies you would get based on a plan, and then show you what it cost. Because they felt if you just shopped first and saw the prices, you just would turn it off and never look at it again. And people are starting to find out what, the, what this cost is. The cheapest plan offered in, any, in, in a given state under Obamacare will be 99% more expensive for men and 62% more expensive for women than the cheapest plan offered under the old system. That's the sticker shock. And those disparities are even wider for healthy people. If you're healthy, you're going to see your premiums go up a lot. And that raises an obvious question. If 50 million people are uninsured today, mainly because insurance is too expensive, why is it better to make coverage even costlier? And the answer is, again, this is Forbes I'm reading from, the answer is that Obamacare wasn't designed to help healthy people with average incomes get health insurance. It was designed to force those people to pay more for coverage in order to subsidize insurance for people with incomes near the poverty line and those with chronic or costly medical conditions. Remember, pre-existing conditions, you get right in, insurance company can't turn you away. Somebody's got to have to pay for that, and that's healthy young adults. But the law's supporters and enforcers don't want you to know that because it would violate the president's incessantly repeated promise that nothing would change for the people that Obamacare doesn't directly help. If you shop for Obamacare-based coverage without knowing if you qualify for subsidies, you might be discouraged by the law's steep costs. So by analyzing your income first, if you qualify for heavy subsidies, the website can advertise those subsidies to you instead of just hitting you with Obamacare's steep premiums. For example, the site could advertise plans that cost zero or thirty dollars instead of explaining that the plan really costs two hundred dollars and that you're getting a subsidy of two hundred dollars or one hundred and seventy. But you have to be at or near the poverty line to gain subsidies of that size. And again, uh, most people are going to qualify for a small, if any, uh, subsidy in this. So this is the this is the reason why the system isn't working. Because they wanted you to sign up, create an account, and they wanted to analyze what the subsidy would be first before you go. And that's taken up a lot of bandwidth. You know, the system can't handle that. And, and think about it. It's quite possible that much of this disaster could have been avoided if the Obama administration had been willing to be open with the public about the degree to which Obamacare escalates the cost of health insurance. 
If they had, then a number of the problems with the exchange's software architecture would never have arisen. But that would require admitting that the quote-unquote Affordable Care Act was not accurately named. And the White House knew of this. They knew this system wasn't going to work. But they wouldn't uh, slow it down anyway. Now, uh, Heritage.org um, analyzed uh, the cost in each state uh, and how it's going to change compared to the, to the minimal one. And, and I think I'm going to save that, uh, that analysis for the other side of the break because I have to leave real quickly on this. But, you know, Obamacare is the disaster. And if it is allowed to be implemented this year, the Democrats are done in 2014. As I said earlier in this segment, my guess is it's Obama's intention. Now that he's defeated the Republicans, they've been tainted as uh, the destroyer of government. Uh, now he could be the savior and come out and tell all the individuals, we're going to delay your mandate to get health insurance uh, one year, and we're going to fix everything that's wrong with these computer programs, and we're going to do it again next year after the midterm elections. So nobody could see what a disaster this really is. All right, 866-472-5790 is the phone number. Time for another break. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on VoiceAmerica.com. It's Business Channel. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Looking for a business talk radio program that's unlike any other talk radio program you've heard before? It's time to check out Game On! Business Talk Radio with host Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Dr. Miles and his guests will tackle some of the unconventional and controversial issues and topics in the business world. We'll outline, discuss, and provide solutions to certain problems in marketing, business management, financial accounting, and policies. You and your business can't afford to miss a show. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luce Gatigna? Call him now. 
It's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. Okay, welcome back. Lou Skatigna here. We get together each and every Wednesday, 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 1 p.m. on the West Coast to talk money, uh, money, politics, and markets. And today we're talking about Obamacare. We're talking about the debt ceiling. We're talking about the closing of government. And as I mentioned earlier in the program, it looks like there is some deal uh, to uh, reopen the government tomorrow. Uh, it looks like the Republicans caved and uh, punted, and uh, Congress will have to do this all again come January. Uh, but that's where we are. I mean, that's uh, government uh, in the United States uh, in, in 2013, and that's the way it's going to be going forward. Every one of these battles, are, you know, they're just going to kick it down a, a little bit. In this case, uh, what, six months, not even. And uh, as far as the, the government goes, I mean, uh, January 15th, we're going to be here again, right in the new year. Worried about shutting down the government again. And on February 7th, we'll be talking about the debt ceiling again. And this will happen over and over and over again. And uh, it's, 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 it's a death knell for the country to be so divided and uh, to never get anything done until the 11th hour. And who suffers? It's, it's, it's the people that suffer. How many people lost work? We talked earlier about monuments being barricaded and things like that. It's, it's just ter- terrible for the country. And again, the big uh, story should have been over the last couple of weeks, the disastrous rollout of Obamacare. We mentioned why earlier. I mean, these computer systems are set up so that you open an account, they analyze your income, and then decide whether or not uh, what kind of subsidy you're going to get, and then show you the prices. Because they don't want to show you the prices first because it'll scare people away. And that caused all kinds of excess bandwidth necessary, and that's why this whole thing is crashing. And I also said what's going to happen is um, my guess is Obama. I, I, I tell you, if I'm a betting man and I am. I would bet a lot of money on this. That within the next four weeks or so, Obama announces uh, the delay of the individual mandate. Savior of the people in an election year. Because if he doesn't, uh, he's going to pay the price uh, in next year's election. We'll see. Now, I was mentioned about how the media, which loves Obamacare, or at least did, uh, are turning on him now because it's making uh, the left in America look bad. It's making Democrats look bad, and we don't want that. It's making Obama look bad. We don't like that. So now everybody's getting all upset, mainly with Kathleen Sebelius. They want her head. But anyway, Forbes, um, you know, I mean, Heritage came out with an analysis of, of the premiums uh, that people are going to have to pay, and it varies by state. The change in the basic plan that you have now will go up a lot or down a little bit depending on the state that you live in. Why is that? Some states have very, very high premiums to begin with. So in this situation, they're not going to change very much. They're already very, very expensive. But in states that have very cheap plans, well, they have to be leveled off with everybody else. And that's why you'll see in some states uh, significant increases. And individuals in most states are going to end up spending more on these exchanges. And like I said before, it's true in some states you're going to see the opposite, but most are seeing increases. And that's because of the overregulated insurance markets, as I said before. So let's talk at some states here. Say you're an adult age 27, 
and you live in California, uh, the cheapest plan out there now is $174 a month. That's going to jump 23.6% to $215. All right. You know, it's 24%, so be it. It's not that bad. Uh, if you're an adult age 50, it goes up 13.3%. And if you're a family of four, it goes up 3.4%. So you'll see it's the younger people who are getting hit the most. These are the healthy ones. These are the ones who won't use health care. And wait till the young people in this country understand what's happening to them. They are being forced to buy insurance. The government's forcing them to buy a product, or they're penalizing them, although Justice Roberts calls it a tax. All right? And they have to go in plans that are going up dramatically. Let's look at, uh, let's look at uh, Virginia. Virginia's prices were relatively low. In Virginia, and uh, if you're 27 years old, uh, you pay right now $165 a month. That's going up to $581 a month, 253% increase. How's that 27-year-old in Virginia feel about this? Most likely, he's not going to buy insurance, and he's going to pay the penalty, and that's the problem with this program. You need enough young people to come in and pay astronomically high prices for insurance that they don't need, to subsidize everybody else. So he's up to 252. Even if you're age 50, boy, they're walloping you even worse. You're going to go from 278 a month to 991 a month. Good for you 50-year-olds trying to do some retirement planning. Well, you know, you just saw about $720 a month coming out of your budget that could go into the economy, can go into investments, can go into your retirement planning, can go into paying off your credit card. Uh, that's going to go into your insurance. 256% increase. Family of four, not so bad, only 178% increase. You're going to go from 705 to 1964 Just a $1,200 bump up in your insurance premiums. And many of these people are not going to get subsidies, or the subsidy that they're going to get is going to be relatively small. That's what they don't want you to see. And this is the reason why I believe... Obama is going to delay the mandate. Uh, now let's go to my state, New Jersey. All right, I'm actually getting a decrease. Not me because I have group health insurance. I'm not in uh, uh, the cheapest policies around. But but uh, in New Jersey, a 27 year old adult is going to go from 329 to 319. They're going to go down three percent. And again, that's because they're so high. They're starting at 329. Virginia, they were starting at 165. Okay, so they're starting how to begin with. Uh, a 50-year-old going from 550 to 544, down 1.1%. Family of four, going down uh, just a little bit from uh, 1,081 to 1,078. So again, it depends on what state you live in, how much the basic cheapest plan is going to go up. Now, I have the whole um, chart um, on my website, thefinancialphysician.com, uh, go to my blog and you'll see, um, you know, how will you fare on Obama's Obamacare exchanges, and, and it has the entire list uh, of every state. But the average is about ninety-nine percent for men, and the younger you are, they're more likely uh, to see a higher increase, uh, which is counterintuitive if you think about it. Uh, uh, these are people who really can't afford that kind of an increase. Let's take a quick look at Georgia. 
Go from $98 to 263 for 27 years old. 168%. Now, granted, I mean, remember that according to the law, you have to buy health insurance if you're not insured. You have to do it or pay penalties. Now, again, the penalties are going to be much smaller than these premiums will be. So a lot of these kids are just not going to buy insurance. They don't need it. They're healthy. I mean, they could fall down the stairs drunk or something else can happen to them. They'll need health insurance, but they don't believe they do. And for the most part, most of them don't. At least where they're going to be paying $263 a month for it. You know, I'll pay for the doctor when I have to go under that scenario. If you're 50 in the state of Georgia, you're going up 70%. From 263 to 448, and if you're a family of four, you're going up 21%. So you see, it's the young, healthy kids in America that are being slammed with Obamacare. And that's, that's a big problem, and they're not going to like it. Now, there's all kinds of other taxes attached to Obamacare. I mean, I mean, was it 10,000 pages or something, uh, the bill, and 30,000 pages of regulations? I mean, hospital insurance portion of payroll tax goes from 2.9% to 3.8% for couples earning more than 250000 a year. That's effective this year. A 3%, a 3.8% hike uh, in income taxes to investment income for couples earning over 250000 a year. This is dividends and interest. We'll talk about that and how to avoid it after the break. Uh, mandates an individual buy health insurance and employers offer it to their workers. Again, employers have a, a little bit of a break here. 40% excise tax on Cadillac health insurance for plans costing more than 10200 for individuals and 27500 for families. I didn't see that one. Costing more. Hmm. I'm there. I'm way there. Am I going to pay 40%? Well, I got to look into that one. Oh, that comes in 2018. We'll wait for that one. Um, and then we were talking uh, earlier about um, uh, the increase in the medical device tax. Uh, they raised uh, uh, the floor for medical expense deductions from 7.5% of your adjusted gross income to 10%, uh, limiting the amount that people can put into uh, flexible spending accounts to 2500 a year. These are people who want to put money away you know, for their own health care. It's just taxes upon taxes upon taxes, and uh, and premiums upon premiums upon premiums. So, you know, there's no free lunch in this. And, you know, Dave Ramsey did a good thing on a show the other day uh, that I listened to, and he was saying, you know, I'm good at math. He goes, I know math. And he says, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand uh, that when you're taking people into an insurance company, they have to take people who are severely ill and charge them the same premium as everybody else. Someone's got to pay for that. Otherwise, the insurance company goes out of business. So the insurance company is not going to go out of business. So actuarially, they're going to raise everybody's premiums to cover these people. It's really that simple. And in these uh, federal exchanges, unless they get these kids to uh, sign up en masse to these very expensive policies that they probably won't even use. And these policies, by the way, only pay 60% of the cost. And the deductibles and copayments are out out of sight. These are horrible policies. And again, it took us three years from the time this passed to know any of this stuff, how much it's going to cost us, all these things. Three years. And now it's launched and the whole computer system is a big 
disaster. All right, one more segment left in the program. We're going to take a short break. My name is Lou Scatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician on the Business Channel right here on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the financial physician your source for straightforward no-nonsense financial advice call america's money doctor right now it's toll free 1-866-472-5790 you can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com now back to loose katigna all right, welcome back. Remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com. Visit it every day. I update the blog uh, frequently. Uh, we put things there that um, you're not going to see anywhere else. You're certainly not going to see a lot of this stuff on the mainstream media. And we only have one precious hour together each and every week, and I can't cover everything. Uh, but on the website, you'll see all the things that are important to you. Videos, articles, my articles, my take on everything. Uh, visit it each and every day. We also have... Um, this radio show archive there. We have all kinds of goodies uh, at thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, now, let's get back to some of the taxes that uh, Obamacare, and this is going to affect a lot of investors. So again, politics and money, right? They go together. And a lot of people say, Lou, you're yeah, you know, financial physician, financial show, you talk more about politics because nothing affects our finances more than what happens in Washington. We see it every day. And here's an example. 
There's a new 3.8% Medicare tax on net investment income that took effect uh, after January 1st of this year, 2013. I guarantee you many people don't know about this. Now, it only affects higher income individuals, but you know, it can include any, anybody who made a, capital, a big capital gain on a stock, uh, took a lot of money out of an IRA, got a big bonus. You know, it just doesn't have to be a high, high income person. Uh, but it is a significant additional tax. And, and that's the thing about taxation. It's, it's incremental. You get 3.8% here. You put uh, 2% there. You bump up rates 3% there. Your state increases its rates a little bit there. The sales tax goes up 1% here. Your property tax goes up 4% next year. It's incremental. And before you know it, all your money is going to pay in taxes. So this is the following ty- uh, ty- uh, types of income and gains that are generally included um, in the definition of net investment income and therefore potentially exposed uh, to this new 3.8% tax. Capital gains. You sell stocks, you sell bonds, uh, real estate, including the taxable portion of the big gain from selling your principal residence. Uh, You have mutual funds, capital gain distributions from mutual funds. Dividends for mutual funds and stocks. Interest, including tax-free interest like municipal bond interest. Income from annuities. You put money in an annuity, you take the money out of the annuity, even though it's your own money. That's considered income for this purpose. Uh, and there's a whole list of other things that most people won't, won't, won't be affected by. So you're exposed to this new 3.8% Medicare tax if your adjusted gross income exceeds uh, $200,000. It's called modified adjusted gross income. Uh, what that means in accounting terms, it means uh, your regular adjusted gross income plus tax-exempt municipal income goes into modified adjustable gross income. So if it's 200000 if you're, you're single and 250000 if you're a joint married filer. So, you know, a lot of people make, you know, husband and wife make 250000 a year. You know, I mean, not the majority, but a significant amount. So if you do, or if you're single and you make over $200,000, all your interest, dividends, capital gains, all this stuff has got an extra hit of 3.8%. Now, it's a little complicated. The, the 3.8% tax is the lesser of your investment income, total of it, or the amount that your modified adjusted gross income exceeds the 250000 or the 200000 so in other words, if, you, uh, uh, if you're a single person and you made $300,000, well, you made 100000 over. But if you made $150,000 uh, in interest and capital gains, well, you would use your modified adjusted gross income and pay 3.8% on $100,000 or $3,800 extra in taxes. That's the way it works. Now, if your uh, investment income is, um, is uh, much lower than your modified adjusted gross income, the amount that it exceeds 250000 if you're married or 200000 if you're single, then you would use that. Okay. So what can you do? What strategies can you use to minimize this tax? Well, um, you may want to lower your investment income somehow. Put your money in uh, growth investments as opposed to dividend-paying investments. Now, of course, there's risk involved in doing things like this. But you know, if your net investment income is lower than your, your, your modified adjusted amount, uh, you want to get the net investment income down. 
If it's the other way around, you want to try to figure out strategies to get your modified adjusted gross income down. And these things sometimes aren't that easy to do. But one easy thing that you can do is that, say you have, uh, I don't know, just say 50000 in capital gains this year. You sold a stock, you've owned it for a long time, you made a lot of money. Best thing for you to do is at that point is to sell any losers that you have. So you have a stock you've been holding or a mutual fund and you have a $20,000 loss in it. Sell it. Now your net investment income, as far as capital gains go, is 50 minus 20. So now you only have 30000 you have to pay that 3.8% tax on. So again, things just get more complicated and more complicated, more taxed and more taxed. Uh, and, 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 that's, uh, and that's what we're looking at with Obamacare. It's just taxes upon taxes upon taxes, premiums going up for everybody. And again, nobody knew this stuff. Remember Pelosi? You have to pass the bill to know what's in it. Not only do you have to pass it to know what's in it, you had to wait three years to even know what the premium is going to look like on this thing. What a disaster from beginning to end. This is not the way major portion of the economy and it's such an important part uh, should be dealt with. But unfortunately, it is. But I tell you, you know, this whole government shutdown thing this week we've been talking about, the debt ceiling looks like there's an agreement, at least for now, that kicks it into January or what have you. Uh, and uh, we avert this big calamity that was going to be default, which was another big lie. You know, it's amazing how much we're lied to on a daily basis from the powers that be. The mainstream media, the political class, the president himself. Just outright lies. But the problem is, the majority of the country is not engaged. Does not do any research. And in many cases, are unaffected by some of this stuff. I mean, you ask the average person on the street that he has 10 people who the Secretary of State is, I'd be surprised if one person knew. That's how disengaged Americans are. We're more concerned about who's on the voice and who got thrown off than something like this. And again, with the government coming out and the president himself, in his own words, saying that we would default if they didn't raise it to that ceiling, which was an outright lie because we would have enough money to pay the interest on the debt. Ten times over, just to do the tax revenue. Could have paid the interest on the debt. But everybody, it, it is the narrative. Default, default, default. Not on our debt. Maybe we wouldn't be able to pay all of our bills and we'd have to prioritize some things or maybe make some cuts, God forbid. But that's not what America is about now. What America is about now is purely spending, mostly on entitlements that are totally unf unfunded and will bring the country down. That's what it's all about. It's all about spending, and you're never going to hear any meaningful spending cuts. Oh, the Republicans will try to do it, and they'll, and they'll make a good fight of it. But at the end of the day, there will be no cuts. And I don't even think the, the, the Republicans, most average Republicans, especially in the Senate, have the guts to do that. Because they know that they would be tarred and feathered by the media and their opponents. That they want to take food out of children's mouths, want to cut education so our kids don't have the best education possible. Oh, by the way, with all the billions we spend on, um, on education, we're at, what, 38th in the world? Our kids are educated, something like that. And the president's coming out saying on these budget negotiations that are going to come up between now and December, we have to really worry about um, investments, making wise investments 
Well, investments is just another word. Washington speak for spending. And again, it's spending money that we don't have. And again, wise, whose interpretation is wise? Environmental green companies like Solyndra that cost taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars? Who determines what is a wise investment? Wise spending and not wise spending. Again, and that's what the fight's always all about. Who gets it? Anyway, it goes so fast here on the Financial Vision. We're out of time. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com is the email. Love your emails, and uh, I try to get back to each and every one. And uh, visit that blog each and every day. Have a wonderful week, and please join me next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 